The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We are live on the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Go to RivalFantasy.com or get the Rival Fantasy app. Today is Sunday, April 16th. I'm Drew Silva. With me here is Chris Crawford. We'll wrap up a lot of the action from the weekend so far. Some individual risers and fallers from Saturday's full slate. Uh, but let's get right into the, the biggest headlines from the weekend around baseball. It was a crazy Sunday morning. I don't even think I have all the, the topics written down here. Uh, you you were doing a news shift, so I'm sure you're just mentally exhausted. I'll I'll try to lead us through this show. Um, at at the top is is Brett Beatty. Just before we hopped on here, Andy Martino of SNY reported that the Mets are calling up top third base prospect Brett Beatty. He's not in the starting lineup Sunday at Oakland. Uh, maybe still making his way out there from Scranton, Pennsylvania, where the AAA Syracuse was playing a weekend series against the AAA affiliate of the Yankees, but. It's happening, Chris. Uh, Beatty nearly won the starting third base job out of camp this spring, was really pushing Eduardo Escobar. And after a ridiculous start at Syracuse, now he gets the call to the big leagues. Beatty had homered in three of his last four games at Syracuse. Overall, a 400 batting average, 1386 OPS, five homers, 15 RBIs, two stolen bases, and nine runs scored through nine games this season at the AAA level. I don't know that he's going to be a big-time base stealer with the Mets. That hasn't been a huge part of his game, uh, but a really good all-around hitter with emerging power. He does struggle a bit against left-handed pitching as a left-handed hitter, so that's something to look out for that he might sit versus some tougher lefties, which I guess would keep Escobar active a bit. He's a switch hitter. Um, and we've seen how Mets manager Buck Showalter has treated Francisco Alvarez since his call-up. I think Alvarez is finally making back-to-back starts. That is um, correct. Started at catcher on, yeah, on Saturday against the A's, and he'll do, he's out there again on Sunday. Uh, so we'll have to see on the playing time, but you'd think that Beatty is not going to get this call to to sit on the bench. I think he'll be their primary third baseman. Uh, what are your thoughts on Beatty, Chris, as, as sort of a prospect's maven? <laughs> something like that. Uh, I will like say, that. I think the reason he's not in the lineup today is because you don't want to have him downgraded to playing against double a Midland, um, which is what I am ah. calling Oakland until they actually try to win some baseball games. I, I think this is awesome. And it's worth pointing out uh, that Beatty dealt with a thumb injury earlier in the year. And it was like, Oh, this is scary. What the heck? This guy's wasting time in triple a and then deals with a thumb injury. But no, I mean, he was sensational. Like he had nothing left to prove. Yes, he was playing in some friendly confines in AAA, but not that friendly, especially in the colder months. So he is deserving of a roster ad for sure. He can hit for average. The power has really developed. He's a strong approach to the plate. I think you make a great point about the South Southpaw thing, though, because it just makes so much sense to have Eduardo Escobar, who has crushed lefties for most of his career be that guy to give Beatty some time off. Maybe you play him against lefties here and there. Be curious to see if they play him in the outfield at all. He's been pretty much just third base, uh, was getting some looks in the outfield before. Another way to get his bat in the lineup if you want to have Escobar in there. But yeah, other than the fact that you know he's not going to provide any help in the stolen base category, he's pretty much a must-add on any type of roster. Yeah. 
Uh, other big news, the, the Dodgers placed catcher Will Smith on the concussion IL on Sunday morning. He had been out for the last two games, did what was called an undisclosed illness. Um, now going to be out for at least another five days. The seven-day concussion IL, it was made retroactive to April 13th. Um, you just never know with, with brain injuries. It's a hard thing to analyze and speculate on how long this absence could be. Smith was off to a terrific start this season, 333 average, 1058 OPS, three home runs, three doubles, 12 RBIs through 11 games. Austin Barnes will probably be the primary catcher for the Dodgers while Smith is in recovery mode. Austin Wins was signed to a minor league deal on Sunday. Just not much fantasy upside with any of the internal options that the Dodgers have. Um, on waivers and fantasy, if you need to replace Smith, Elias Diaz is out there in, in some leagues, a little course field effect as the Rockies everyday catcher hitting the ball well so far. Uh, Mike Zanino, I, I think his roster percentage is, is in the single digits. He's showing some pop with the Guardians. That's why they signed him to give them a little more power. Um, it gets pretty thin quickly, that catcher position after that. I, I, I think if you're a Will Smith manager, um, you're scrambling. I, I I don't really know that there's a, a perfect solution to that. Francisco Alvarez has been scooped up in a lot of leagues. And again, mm -hmm. he's not playing a ton. I, I, I was somebody who picked him up, was able to get him in a league, but I haven't been able really to have the opportunity to put him in my starting lineup in fantasy. Bummer. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's such a bummer because like Will Smith is as good as anybody behind the plate and, you know, if you have him on your roster, you probably drafted him very, very high, and you just can't have Austin Barnes or Austin Wins in your fantasy lineup. It is interesting that they do have one of the best catching prospects in baseball in Diego Cartaya, who is doing well in double-A. It would have to be a long-term injury for Smith, and heaven forbid that happens. We really want to see him come back in a week, for not just for fantasy reasons, for being decent human beings reasons. We want to see Will Smith back in that lineup. Uh, but yeah, this is just something that you got to just deal with. And hopefully, hopefully it's just a weak little thing. Speaking of uh, short little rest, Max Scherzer, boy, this was a busy weekend, Drew, uh, gets his start pushed back. He was supposed to start today, is now going to make his uh, appearance, uh, I believe it is against the Dodgers on Wednesday. Uh, a little bit concerning here. He's saying all the right things. He, I, I watched the interview and he was his usual charming yet passive aggressive self telling people that he feels just fine but this is not a spring chicken anymore any baseball player that is around our age now drew is officially an old man that is just the it's yeah. the nature of how things work now so yeah it is a little bit worrying and for a guy who didn't miss some time last year as well hopefully this is just a short little thing but i think it is something fantasy managers are going to be have to be cognizant about for the rest of the year yeah, I mean, this does line him up to to face his old friends, the Nationals, next week. So yeah, if there's nice. any positive, but there have been like little indications going back to spring training that Scherzer's body was kind of barking at him. Um, it's why I didn't have a share of him in any draft because you had to draft him really high, understandably so. When he's healthy, sure. he's one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball, and. I mean, I think the pitch clock. I don't. I don't think he likes anyone telling him how 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 to like run his pace on the mound. Um, and I I don't know if he's adjusted super well to it. It wouldn't shock me if if there are going to be more kind of delays like this with Scherzer as the year goes on. You just, you hope it's not you know any kind of major injury. He's managed to get through these little minor injuries a lot over the last few years. There was a, a significant one last season, but uh, for the most part, he's. <coughs> I I muted the wrong mic. This is that's that is unbelievably how taught I'm long back. this study um, has been. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I know. It's all right. We'll 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 get you through it. Uh another injury note from Sunday, John Carlos Stanton suffered a hamstring strain as he was legging out a, a two-run double on Saturday, placed on the 10-day injured list Sunday morning. I was watching that game. He thought the ball was gone uh, out yeah. to left field. He watched it for a bit and then injured himself as he was trying to turn on the Jets when the ball hit off the wall. I, I guess it didn't seem like anything too serious. Like they pulled him from the game, but he walked off without a limp under his own power, um, but clearly is going to need some some time off now. 
Uh, hopefully just the 10 days, but it, with hamstring strains, you're usually talking about multiple weeks. Sometimes like it's that three to four week range. Hopefully it's going to be like two weeks. It's just usually how it goes with that type of injury. Oswald Peraza got the call to the Yankees mm-hmm. in a corresponding move. Could be in line for a decent helping of playing time. Willie Calhoun is actually at, at DH for the Yankees on Sunday. Oswaldo Cabrera is in right field. Uh, Franchi Cordero could be a factor as well. We'll talk about him as, as a waiver wire pickup later. Uh, just tough news for Stanton, though. Had an 854 OPS with four home runs and 11 RBIs through 13 games this season. But you do generally consider that there will be at least one IL stint when you select Stanton in a draft. It's kind of baked into the projection, and you know, hopefully he's ready to rock again in, in late April or early May. I, I wouldn't like rush out to to grab Willie Calhoun, even though he's he's in the lineup on Sunday. I, I just don't really trust him. We've been there before with with Willie Calhoun, and I would really need to see something special. Um, in the early going for him to, you know, force his way into a regular role. I think Franchi Cordero is interesting though. Yeah, I do too. And you hit the nail on the head. Like if you drafted Giancarlo Stanton and you didn't bake in that you're going to miss a couple of weeks, then that that's on you. <laughs> that is absolutely on you because it's unfortunately there is a long history here of look, big dudes get hurt playing baseball. It is just going to happen. And Stanton is as big as any of them. Uh, somebody who's actually on the injured list right now, but may not have a rehab assignment is Bryce Harper. I thought this was really bizarre, Drew, but it's very interesting. It is a weird story. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was uh, somebody asked about what, how long it was going to take Harper to get back as he continues to recover from Tommy John surgery. And they asked how many at bats it would take. And he told reporters and the manager basically it almost seemed like they were working in tandem on this story said about 65 to 70. And basically when asked where the minor league rehab assignment would begin, they were like, what rehab assignment? He thinks that he can do it in the backfields. I think the reason why this is interesting, Drew is not just because of the fact that it's crazy to be out as long as he is and not have a rehab assignment with no spring training. It's the fact that he's working on a new position as well. There is lots of talk about Bryce Harper going to play first base. Are you really not going to have him go play that position in the minor leagues before you go put him out on the field? Now, like, look, Ron Washington lied. It is not incredibly hard. It is not an incredibly hard position to go play first base. Lots and lots of people have had their know, careers man. extended. It's not easy, but it's it's not easy to do a lot of things athletically. The if you are if you are able to catch the baseball and have a semblance of hand-eye coordination as a major league baseball player, you can at least be passable at first base. It takes a little bit of an adjustment period, though, for anybody to like learn how to field ground balls and all of that stuff. So I imagine that it's going to be, I think he'll actually end up going on the rehab assignment just for like at least a week to go play in those things. But maybe he just really hates minor league food, Drew. Well, I mean, he debuted at age 19. I I was, yeah. I mean, I bet, I bet, I, I don't, I'd have to look it up and I certainly could because I'm staring at a computer, but I, I bet he's played less than 200 total minor league games. Um, yeah. Oh, because sure. Because he came, he, he came up so fast. I mean, there was like junior college and stuff as, as well, but yeah, he just really wants to be a major league baseball player. I, the whole story is a little strange. And I think if this is what happens when a star is out for so long, we almost have to like kind of concoct some content. <laughs> I don't know that he's going to, I, I, just, I just don't know that he's going to play like a ton of first base though. Um, I think he's, and of course they could use him there because they've lost Reese Hoskins and Derek Hall now too. Um, right. And they want to put play Alec Bohm at third base. But I, I think he's he's looking at DH duties. They don't want to compromise the arm. They're, they're already talking about how he's practicing modified slides because he's going to come back a lot sooner than maybe you should from, from Tommy John surgery. And they're worried with how aggressive he plays that he could rupture that ligament because it's not fully healed if he's sliding weird. It's The whole thing is strange. Um I, I'm I'm just kind of in wait and see mode with it. I do right. think he's going to be back in like mid to late May, though. Um, you think and so? I think it's going to be in a DH role. We'll see. I I, I would assume he's going to spend a week in the minor leagues. It it just makes sense. I, By the way, I, I just I looked it up. There's yeah. I looked it up. 141 career minor league games, and he hit 306, 402, 539 as a 16 year old or whatever the heck it was. So not even like yeah, a full 
minor no. league season. He's the he one of the most ridiculous stories of all time. Yeah, he does. He does. He doesn't want to go to Lehigh Valley. <laughs> Who or, does? Or I'm, shout out to all our Lehigh Valley listeners, but like, come on, you know, it's how a it beautiful works. area, nice trees. Huh? Okay. I looked at going to to Lehigh for college just because, like, when I got the brochure in high school, it looked so pretty. Um, Big CJ McCollum fan. It was, yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, Lars Nupar returned to the Cardinals active roster on Saturday. He had been on the injured list since jamming his left thumb on opening day, got the start in center field against the pirates on Saturday, batted seventh, drew three walks, scored a run. Uh, what's probably most notable about Newpar's first game back is that Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill were both relegated to the bench and the same story mm-hmm. for Sunday series finale, which just got going against the Pirates. Newpar in center, hitting seventh. Alec Burleson in left, batting second. Jordan Walker in right field and hitting eighth. And Cardinals manager Ali Marmol has acknowledged that this is going to be a tricky thing, finding playing time for all of these outfielders. Some of them pretty well established in Carlson and O'Neill. Um, others with breakout potential in the guys that have been out there the last two days, Newpar, Burleson, Walker. Burleson keeps getting that number two spot in the order as well against right-handed pitching. He seems to be in in favor with the Cardinals and Marmol, but it all kind of caps the projections that you can make for the entire Cardinals outfield group on a week-to-week basis. If you play in a league that requires setting your lineup weekly um, rather than daily, I don't know that you can trust any of them outside of Jordan Walker, who should be in there pretty much every day. He's not up in St. Louis to sit, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely kind of sour right now on O'Neill and, and Carlson. I like them as players, especially O'Neill when healthy, but you know, even Newpar himself to some degree, I don't know that he's going to be an everyday player. You have Nolan Gorman running away with the DH job. There's just too many mouths to feed too many bats to feed. And, and I think we said this last week, but it's a weird time to be trying to make trades like in, in real life baseball, the Cardinals mm. could use starting pitching. They need starting pitching. And there are teams out there that have starting pitching and could use productive outfielders, but I don't see something coming together anytime soon that would sort of break this log jam. Um, you know, unless it, there's another injury and then obviously we can reevaluate at that point, like in a shallower league, I feel like you have to consider dropping O'Neill. If, if you're playing in a weekly set it weekly, shallower league, like Carlson too, that's an easier call. But I mean, you're carrying a, a non injured list player. You can't put him in an aisle spot who might only get three starts a week. And that's just not really going to cut it. it. It seems aggressive, but I think that's the situation right now. And with new bar as well, he's going to have to hit and, and get on base to stay in the lineup. It's, it's tricky. It's really tricky, especially like <laughs> the infatuation. And look, I'm not hating on Alec Burleson by any stretch of the imagination, but like his rise to becoming so trusted that he's not only playing every day, he's hitting second in that lineup. When you have, like Jordan Walker hitting eighth. It's it is an interesting situation. They clearly like that dude an awful lot, and I can understand it. He's he's a solid prospect, but like I think you you're right. Like you have to kind of hope at this point if you're a fantasy manager who has those guys on the roster that they do make a trade. But that's not happening anytime soon. Like there are too many teams that there are not exactly a lot of teams that have starting pitching depth. Drew, like we were talking about like a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, like, I know. How the Robbie Ray, or excuse me, how Chris Flexen for an outfielder made an awful lot of sense as a trade. The Mariners need Chris Flexen now. Like with Robbie Ray gone for at least another couple of weeks. Like there are so few teams that have starting pitching depth. And speaking of one that almost lost someone last time, excellent segue, Chris Crawford. Did you see the John Gray injury yesterday? Uh, he, took, I didn't. Okay, so he took a line drive off his forearm from Yanir Diaz that I... I'm so glad I was wrong, but when I was watching it, my first thought was, well, there goes that season because it looked like he broke his arm. It hit him square in the forearm, immediately left the game, went two innings and gave up a run. Drew, they're saying he's going to come back for his next start, which is really fortunate. Now, here's the thing. I have some doubts about whether or not he's actually going to make that next start. It does sound like maybe he's not going to be placed on the injured list. But as a big gray fan and thinking that this is a guy who could be in for like a breakout season, I've been saying it for a long time, but I do like the Rangers and I do like his stuff quite a bit. Um, It's definitely one you're going to have to monitor, but 
it really does look like he avoided a very, very serious injury because it went right off of his forearm. And he and I think even Grace said in the postgame show himself, he's like, well, I think I broke my arm and or thought I broke my arm. And all they're does diagnosed him with is a contusion, a.k.a. a bruise. Really, really fortunate there. Did, did you see a picture? Could you like see the seams on his arm? No, I thank goodness because I I'm squeamish about that stuff. Like even just <laughs> even seeing like an in dead type of thing is just like too much for me. Uh, by the way, stop sharing the uh, that gif of uh, the the pitcher uh, crying. It, it's not fun, man. I feel so bad for that dude. Like the like stop sharing stuff like that. That's that's not cool. I don't think I'm on Twitter enough anymore to to know these things that you're talking about. I got to get. Hey back Drew, on. we got a really cool question. I want to answer the question. Can we answer the cool yeah, question? Let's do it. Key three for the rest of the season, Jose Miranda, Tyler Stevenson, Josh Rojas, Brendan Donovan, or Rowdy Telez. That's an interesting one. Um, I mean, if Stevenson is your catcher, I think that's a really good catcher to have. So that was that would be an easy one. Um, I, I want to like Josh Rojas. He's kind of a guy that's been platooned as well, though. Yeah, I would say keep Brendan Donovan, keep Tyler Stevenson. I'm a little bit worried about Jose Miranda. I, he he kind of got a little exposed down the stretch last year, got off to that great start, and he's not off to a great start this year. Um, uh, I think I'm but with But he you. plays that, every day. He does play I, every I'm gonna day. Go, man, this is actually <laughs> Stevenson, yep. Donovan, and Miranda. I would go Stevenson Donovan. And I got to tell you, Ryan and I talked about him yesterday. It's probably depends on what categories you play in. Rowdy Tellers looks really good. Like that power looks really, really good. So if you're someone who could take the hit and average because yeah, he's doesn't deserve like the 200 average or whatever the heck he is at right now, but he's not going to be like a 260, 270 hitter. So if you could take the hit there, I'd probably go with Tellers in that uh, situation. But I think we're definitely right on about Stevenson and Donovan are easy keeps just because Donovan, I think Donovan's actually looked really good. Um, And I think Stevenson is one of the most underrated options in baseball. My concern will be long-term whether or not Stevenson's going to keep catcher eligibility, but it should be fine for a few years. Donovan had a a little rut there last week. Well, the Cardinals altogether just were in a rut, but. I think he had a, a good game Friday and Saturday. I, yeah, I, I trust him a lot. He's just got a great plate approach and is hitting leadoff more often than not, which which you love. And you can love play it. him in, in various spots. I think he's a really talented guy. Um, mm-hmm. All right. I think we've covered a lot of the headlines. I'm sure there's some stuff that we haven't covered. Again, a crazy <laughs> Sunday. Follow the, the Roto-Wire news page for for any updates on on all the things that are going on man that that sunday morning grind is is for real all right um we'll talk about some risers and fallers and waiver wire targets in the second half of the show first a little commercial we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply break a new mlb season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball rival fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played and they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else rival fantasy games include fantasy bingo head-to-head player challenges and fantasy book where users can select over-unders for two to five players with games like this daily fantasy has never been better Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com backslash sign up and use code RotoWireMLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Baseball is back. Swing into the MLB season, swing into the MLB season with vivid seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, and every heart-pounding double play of your favorite team live and in person. Plus, with Vivid Seats Rewards, now you can earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets, then simply cash in your credit toward your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. A pro tip, buy tickets for your whole group. Split the bill and make progress towards your 11th free ticket even faster. From behind the plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 baseball games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. All right, we do a little thing on the Sunday show. Identify three players who had a good Saturday or even a good Friday if we want to, and, and three players who had a down, showed some discouraging signs from Saturday or Friday. Uh, who you got? Uh, by, our buddy Chad just pointed out, by the way, that uh, Fernando Tatis homered again. So maybe we should be leading off with him. It's such so sad that he has to be doing this in AAA instead of the majors. But I'll talk about his when former teammate. Thir- Thursday, right? He's coming back. Yeah, April twenty. That is Thursday. Thursday. That's right. April four twenty is going to be an exciting one in San Diego. Uh, I'm going to talk about his former teammate in San Diego, Will Myers, who had an absolute monster game on uh, against a Phillies team that, goodness gracious, that pitching looks bad. But he does go four for five with two homers, drives in five runs, uh, does strike out once, but improves his line to two sixty nine, three fifty six, four twenty three on the season. He's had a few multi-hit games lately. We have seen Will Myers be a pretty streaky hitter, and it kind of appears like he's going on a nice little run here. And it's worth pointing out, pretty friendly confines that he's going to be hitting in now as well. It's never really been a question about talent with Myers. It's whether or not he could actually put something together. We've already seen some streaks to begin in this short period of time, but I'm at least a little more interested in Myers based on how he's been playing as of late. Locked into that number five spot. In, in the Reds lineup right behind Tyler mm-hmm. Stevenson at cleanup, who we, who we really like. Yeah. I mean, it's about opportunity and he's in a great situation where he's not having to jostle for playing time. He's mostly playing right field, but he can mix into the DH, you know, area as well. And I, I maybe even some first base, like the, the Reds pulled Joey Votto off his minor league rehab assignment. Cause he was nearing yeah. that 20 day window. He was like really bad for triple a Louisville. I think 21 strikeouts and 45 ish plate appearances. Sad. Um, I hope this isn't the end of the road for Vado, but it, it certainly seems like we're we're nearing that point. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Just have him like try to get right in some simulated games, maybe throw him back out for another rehab assignment. We'll, we'll kind of have to wait to see what happens there. Um, we're talking about some Padres. Jake Cronenworth had a, mm. a huge showing Saturday in the Padres 10 to three win over the Brewers. Two home runs, his first career multi-homer game. 
a career high six RBIs, now at an 841 OPS through 62 plate appearances on the season. Coming off that seven year, $80 million contract he stand he, he landed just before opening day. Cronenworth, like, he finished second in the NL Rookie of the Year voting in 2020. He was an all star in both 2021 and 2022, but he remains pretty underrated, even with that extension. That, that kind of surprised some people, but. I don't know, ADP in the 150 to 160 range in most fantasy drafts this spring. That's, you know, somewhat understandable because he doesn't steal bases. He doesn't have like immense individual raw power, but holding down that number five spot in the Padres lineup right behind Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts with Fernando Tatis Jr. set to return from his PD suspension again this coming week, April 20th. I was looking that up. It's actually Thursday at Arizona. The Padres mm. have a little road trip then they go to Wrigley Field um so Tatis will return on the road and then I'm sure it'll be it'll be a crazy scene once he he returns to San Diego but maybe the the the, the return of Tatis drops Cronenworth into like the number six spot in the lineup but I, I think more likely we'll just see Tatis bat and lead off and Trent Grisham is the guy who who drops down um I, I think Cronenworth might stick in that number five spot which could just be lethal um, big breakout game for him on Saturday and, and the batted ball data is really encouraging too. a whole lot of red on his baseball savant page. And as I was looking that up, he's 78th percentile in sprint speed. Um, hmm. so beyond the hard hit rate, like maybe he could run a little bit more. We we've seen guys be more aggressive with the bigger bases. I think most teams and players should actually be running more, uh, with the success yeah. rate that we've seen so far on stolen base attempts. Uh, Crota the worth does have one steal already in one attempt. Uh, he hasn't been caught stealing since 2021, but hasn't really tried that much either. Uh, but I, I love the range of position eligibility too: first base, second base, even shortstop on Yahoo and, and some other sites that are more lenient with position eligibility off to a great start. And it could get even better with, with you adding Tatis to that lineup as early as Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that lineup is already stacked but it just becomes all that much better when you add one of the best and maybe the most talented player in baseball in Tatis. Like, and I like the versatility. I like the fact that he is making the hard contact. I think you make a good point with the running. Maybe he would be running a little more if he hit closer to the top of the lineup more than hitting at uh, hitting in the middle, but um, still think there's some opportunities there. The, the Padres really can just kind of play mix and match and do whatever the heck they want with their lineup. You know what I mean? Like there's no, all of these guys, you see Xander Bogart sitting lead off and cleanup, like alternating between alternating between just depending on who is on the mound. There's an awful lot to like obvious point is obvious, but there's an awful lot to like, uh, there was an awful lot to like about Tyler Brown yesterday, seven innings, Brown, no yeah. earned runs, uh, two, uh, two runs but uh you know that'll work uh five strikeouts one walk after a pretty inauspicious debut against a not very good Detroit team where he just couldn't really find the strike zone he's been really good he has allowed zero earned runs over his last 14 innings he's up to a 1.93 up to down to actually up 1.93 ERA with a 2.83 FIP and you take a look at the Savant page Drew like He's avoiding barrels. He's avoiding um, avoiding the hard contact at a very strong rate. He's well above average in strikeout rate. Fastball velocity in the 87th percentile with his 96-mile-per-hour average fastball. He gets good extension. And the key thing is, is he's throwing strikes. And that is the biggest worry that I had for Hunter Brown coming into the year. Was he going to throw enough strikes for this to matter? Because it's never been a question about stuff. Uh, one of the reasons why he fell into the fifth round was people were like, well, is he going to be a reliever type? Because he doesn't throw a ton of strikes. Yeah. He certainly has over these last couple of games. You have to love the situation with Houston. I think Hunter Brown is in that uh, range where I'm not only thinking about him as a uh, a strong fantasy option. I think his rookie of the year odds are going to continue to rise as we go through this year. Yeah, we'll kind of see on, on the workload as the season plays out, but he, he's built up pretty nicely and, and in a good situation. He has a, he's at Atlanta next time out. That's mm. on this coming Friday, so that'll be a tough test. test. But, I mean, yeah, if he throws well against that that stacked Atlanta lineup, you feel really good about where you are with him as a, as a fantasy manager with some Hunter Brown shares. Um, three down from Saturday. I, I had Eduardo Escobar written down here before the, the Brett Beatty news broke and sure. it kind of explains itself now, obviously going to get 
dinged on playing time. Like I said before, Beatty does struggle against left-handed pitching, and Escobar's making, I think, 9 or $10 million this year, so the Mets aren't simply going to drop him. Um, maybe get some turns in there at, at DH sometimes as well, but for the most part, relegated to a backup role, and I, I think Escobar's droppable in, in mixed and NL-only formats. Um, Ramon Urias with the Orioles, we should mention too, another concussion vict- victim, uh, took a Kendall Graveman sinker that didn't sink to the, the back yeah. of his head on Saturday. Uh, he was playing pretty well out of the gate, Urias. Probably going to see Gunnar Henderson a lot more at third base. Henderson had been cycling in at DH a bit over the first few weeks of the season. Probably just is going to be the everyday third baseman now. Um, Jorge Mateo has been awesome, too, for, for the Orioles and in fantasy. But Mateo definitely like has some some flaws, but a very dynamic skill set was always a sort of tantalizing prospect. Um, again, with a lot of flaws, but three homers and seven steals through 13 games um, for a guy who went pretty late in drafts. I'd, I'd feel really good about Mateo, and we'll see on Urias. It, it's going to be probably at least a week before he's back on the field. Yeah, also diagnosed, I, I, you may have mentioned this, but uh, with a contusion behind his ear. So there, there's a couple of things going on there. Um, hopefully he's okay. I, I think Escobar... If you didn't drop drop him yet, you must be related to dude because like there's just there's no fan there wasn't a ton of fantasy upside anyway. But at this point, there's no way you're calling up Beatty with anything but the intention to make him your starting third baseman. Like we talked at the top of the show, uh, Drew. I don't like mentioning your Cardinals with these things, but we got a uh, Jordan Hicks. Wow. Uh, did not have a good game on Saturday, gave up three, uh, runs only, uh, two of them earned because of the, the zombie runner, but Ali Marmal did not have some nice comments for him really after this, uh, his quote was, we need to figure out a way for him to be more effective and usable. We've got to have a good enough plan to do that where he's comfortable with it. And we feel good about it, which was basically his way of saying shortly after that they're not going to use him in high leverage situations anymore. Now has a 12.71 ERA, a 3.35 whip, and a 6-8 to eight strikeout-to-walk ratio. Never good when that second number is bigger than the first one across 5.2 innings. Look, when, when, he's at his, when he has been at his best, Hicks has looked like a really strong option and a potential like wipeout reliever, but that is not right now. And if you are holding on to him, just hoping that you can get some extreme strikeout rates or anything like that, it, it's probably time to move on. Even with how good his like stuff can look at times, he's never like a big strikeout compiler. Um, and yeah, that 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 game Saturday was just brutal. So Marmol actually got tossed, and it was Joe McEwing um, stepping in as manager and and brought in Hicks to start the top of the tenth inning. And I was just like, I mean, they explained later that like four guys were unavailable. Gotcha, um, Andre yeah. Plante had like asked for a day off because he was feeling fatigue from their road trip in, in Colorado. But if, if Hicks is your best option in that spot, geez. And, and he just, he threw like seven sliders in a row to Andrew McCutcheon all at the top of the zone. Just like, I mean, McCutcheon's an older player, but he's going to hit one of those out of the park. If you keep throwing it there. And he sure did. Um, Didn't McCutcheon, up, like, uh, sorry to interrupt. Didn't McCutcheon uh, no, yeah. like complain about a, uh, a, a what he thought was ball four, and then he ended up hitting a home run anyway? It seems yeah. like that happens a lot in baseball. The strike zone was really bad in that game, but robot umpires. Now. Hicks, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do because he is out of minor league options. Yeah, um, that that if, is if. Uh, yeah, if they DFA him, he's going to get scooped up, like just because the Dodgers will want to get their hand. I mean, it's going to be a worse team than that because he won't get that far down the waiver list. Right. Some someone will see the appeal in a guy that can hit 103 miles an hour and and has a really good slider if he keeps it low in the zone. He's just he's a mess, and I, I feel bad for him because they they've messed with him a bit. Like was, was yeah. it last year or the year before he opened as their number five starter, even though he hadn't yeah. been built up as a starter throughout camp. The, the Cardinals pitching philosophy right now is, is a mess. And I, I think it goes beyond just not having the talent to, to fill these spots. It's like they're, they've just got a weird mindset. Um, I got to stop talking about the Cardinals or I'm going to start uh, real quick. Matthew Libertor does look really, really good. I've talked to yep. a bunch of people that he has looked fantastic. Uh, I wonder how much longer they can go without putting him in the rotation, to be honest. 
Uh, Chad asked about Helsley. Helsley, I think he's looked fine. Um, there's been some like some Babbitt issues, like where just balls have have slid through spots on the field where you know in the past there've been. I, I'm not worried about him um, all that much, and and I know his 2022 came to a, a bad end in the in the wild card series against the Phillies, and he had that finger issue. But I think for the most part he's looked fine. His stuff looks great. Um, so I I would I would not sell low or or consider trying to get rid of him. I, I think he's in a really good spot. He's clearly by far the Cardinals best reliever, which is what you like. And, and they tend to reserve him for the ninth inning, which it, it's kind of rare these days. So I, I think he's very valuable. Um, another down player for me is Ezekiel Tovar. And I'm getting a little bit worried about Tovar, who I mentioned as a possible breakout candidate when mm-hmm. we were identifying late round players who could offer early round value, uh, at the start of the season, he's not doing that so far. 0 for 3 with a walk on Saturday against the Mariners, now batting 188 with a 521 OPS through 52 plate appearances. Both his on-base and slugging percentage are, are under 300. Uh, no homers, no steals. I feel like the Rockies might let him try to figure it out for a while up in the majors, largely because they don't have better options to plug in right away at shortstop. Um, but I could understand wanting to drop Tovar right now. If you're in a competitive fantasy league, if you're playing him in a middle infield spot or just having him like on your bench as a wait and see guy, maybe the breakout comes. Um, I don't want to overreact to three weeks, but I don't think it's smart to like practice much patience with someone that you spent a late round pick on. Uh, There are just, there are other better options out there um, to fill your middle infield spot, or, or hopefully you're not like starting him at, at shortstop, I guess, depending on how big your league is, but I, I think it's okay to drop him and, and Hey, maybe you can pick him up down the road. If he shows a little more life, I'm just not really seeing it right now. And, and you got to be a little aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. I will just say this real quick on Tobar. The thing that's concerning to me is, is it looks like he's taking his bat at bats with him onto the field because he has not been good defensively either, which Mm -hmm. is his calling card. This is a guy who got on the 2080 scouting scale, 70 grades all the time because he's a smooth, slick fielding defender. And I I saw him make a couple of boo-boos already in this series. I think he'd long-term, he's a really interesting play. And I do think the Rockies will be patient with him. So like, if you can hide him on your bench, great. But I would have no issue with dropping Tovar at this point, and that kind of breaks my heart a little bit because we both picked him as a breakout guy earlier this year. It, it could happen, but it's just not yeah. really hap- happening right now. And, I mean, if, if he was like someone you spent a top 150 pick on, you'd want to practice mm-hmm. some patience. But he's young, and and to me, he just doesn't really look ready right now. But, again, I think the Rockies will keep him in the majors, let him try to figure it out because what else are they going to do? Right. Um, uh, some waiver wire fab targets. Zach Nito on on Saturday got the call from the Angels. That's big news. You want to talk about him? I was sure. blown away by that move. Uh, he was what the thirteenth overall pick, not even twelve months year. ago. Yeah, like yeah, ten, uh, what, ten months, nine months ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. That call up literally happened as Ryan and I were recording our podcast, and we kind of had to stop what we were doing because we had to talk about it. Um. Big fan. And I love that we're already seeing him hit at the top of the lineup today. Was hit now. Look, Taylor Ward was out, so it was a chance to give rest, but it gives you some clue how confident the Angels are in this kid. This was a guy who, if he went to pretty much any other college, he went to Campbell, which is not exactly a baseball hotbed. With all due respect, the Big South does produce some stuff here and there, but it's not the SEC or the ACC for sure. Already showing a plus hit tool, has sneaky pop and has really tapped into it. Well above average runner, a solid defender at shortstop. I think he's more high floor than high ceiling. Like, I don't think you're talking about him ever becoming like a top five or ten shortstop. But it's not hard for me to see him have fantasy relevance, especially if he does get those chances to hit near the top of the order or even in the bottom. Because if you're hitting at the bottom of the order, you get a chance to get driven in by Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, and Shohei Otani. That's not such a bad thing. Maybe not going to produce a ton of RBI because you're driving in Luis Rangifo, who if Rangifo's not facing the Mariners is a really bad player, but if he faces the Mariners is Lou Flippin' Garrick. But it is something that I think is a very interesting situation. I think he could contribute in three or four categories. 
It sounds like they're going to give him a real shot here. It's sending down David Fletcher to AAA. That was another interesting surprise yeah. as a guy that they, they just had signed to a five-year contract. But yeah, I am a fan of NATO, and I would be, if I believed in Fab, I would be pretty aggressive in making my bids for NATO this week. It's nice that the, the Angels finally have a little talent on the middle infield. It's It's, it's been kidding. rough the last yes. few years. Actually, yeah. going back multiple um, and yeah, Fletcher, like right in the middle of that five-year extension, making $6 million this season, Alec Burleson just got hurt. Oh, oh boy. Ugh. He's, I think he'll be all right. He, okay, he fouled good. a ball into his leg and he's having trouble oh. walking. Anyway, um, for me, uh, Rodolfo Castro and you know, the, mm -hmm. the pirates are still reeling from the O'Neill Cruz ankle fracture. Well, I, I say they're reeling, but they might take three or four from my Cardinals and they're nine and six on the year, but still sorting out the top of the lineup. We've seen Cabrian Hayes getting turns at leadoff, Jaiwan Bay. Uh, Rodolfo Castro does appear to be locked in as the everyday shortstop, though, and, and he could also maybe hop up into the leadoff spot at times if he keeps, keeps hitting like he has. Three for five with a double and two RBIs on Saturday at St. Louis, batting 344 with a 962 OPS through 39 plate appearances this year, 23 years old. The minor league production was not massive, doesn't blow you away, but it was pretty steady. Um, and the playing time is going to be there with the chance at a, a prominent lineup spot at, at times. If you need shortstop, middle infield help, uh, Rodolfo Castro is out there pretty much everywhere and, and has a good opportunity to to shine, and he's doing it so far. I really like Castro. I think that's a very nice fallback situation for them and i do love that the fact that he's playing shortstop i don't know if he's a star or anything like that but i can see him filling categories pretty nice as that type of middle yeah. infielder so brent rooker i want to talk about which is look i didn't think i'd be talking about picking up athletics nope. for a very long time i'm just being honest with you man but he's looked really good in his nine games over 33 plate appearances He's hitting 310, 364, 724 with four homers, three walks against six strikeouts. Yes, a very small sample. And it is worth pointing out that as a former top prospect, Rooker did not live up to expectations. Even with the hot start, his career line is 212, 297, 416. But he's sitting third today, Drew, and he's been hitting in the middle of the order pretty much every game that he's been with the Athletics. Yeah, that doesn't it's a little bit darning with faint praise in that situation because of how bad the rest of that lineup is, but it does offer at least some semblance of a chance for run production. There's no question about his power. Like he hit when he was at Mississippi State, he hit a bunch of homers in the minor leagues. He showed prestigious power as well. I think there's a chance for him to actually be one of the few athletics that does provide some fantasy relevance this year. I, I was in a mad scramble while I was preparing to do this show and then um in this daily league i have john carlos stanton and i was like oh. uh, before those these early games got started i was like I, I i gotta make a move here and and rooker you know you see the number three next to his name on yahoo is hitting third all right like this will work for now um yeah. and yeah but that that's the situation where he's gonna be hitting high in the lineup or in the middle of the order somebody has to score runs in oakland i guess Yes, um, God, they're 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 their pitching has been so dreadful too. Oh just my goodness gracious! Uh, by the way, facets. real quick, yeah, yep. I just wanted to point out real quick. I meant to point it out before uh, the Savant page for him. He's in the 99th percentile in average exit velocity, hard hit percentage, expected weighted on base average, and expected slugging percentage and barrel percentage, and he's in the 98th percentile in expected batting average. Yeah, that's not even kind of sustainable for any player. Like even Aaron Judge can't be that good but it does give you an idea of how capable he is of making hard contact. And yeah, again, maybe this is the breakout year. Wouldn't be the first, you know, post type post hype breakout guy in baseball history. There, there are a lot no, of sir. prospects that kind of flame out and, and find a different situation. And, you know, the true talent kind of rises to the, to the top. Uh, we've, mm -hmm. we've gotten a lot of questions about Brian Bayo. Um, Actually, like throughout the week, people have, have asked me about him. He'll get the start yeah. on Patriots Day at Fenway Park on Monday morning. I, that has been confirmed at this point, hasn't it? I, I mean, it's going to happen. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. 11, 10 a.m. Eastern time, first pitch. I don't love that assignment for a, a young pitcher. Uh, Shoei Otani's going for the Angels, which is pretty cool. It will be fun to wake up to that game. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. Bayo should get other chances. The, the Red Sox need effective starting pitching. They need a lot of things beyond Raphael Devers. Um, and Bayo seems capable of of offering some effective starting pitching. Showed flashes in his first taste of Major League Baseball last year. 55 strikeouts in 57 and a third innings. Also a 4.71 ERA, a 1.78 whip. Lots of walks. Command, you know, does look better this year. We only have one start at Triple A Worcester to go by, so it's hard to really say. Uh, but he threw six innings of one run ball with no walks and four strikeouts last week against the Triple A affiliate of the Guardians in Columbus. One hit by pitch, I should note that. Um, so it wasn't completely perfect with the command. He did hit a guy. Um, right. I'd fade the Patriots day outing. I don't know what your take is on it. Maybe like you know the Angels hitters will be sleepy. I just I wow. think it's like it's a weird situation to throw a, a guy into. Um, it, it's kind of a desperation move for the Red Sox, but he, he gets the Brewers next. If he does stay up and on turn, which I think Bayo will. Um, and then I believe it's the Orioles after that. that those are two matchups that I just, I like better. I, I think he's worth rostering in like a 12 team league um, because there is some upside in that arsenal. Yeah. Th- th- this is the definition of the type of guy that I like to add put them on my bench and wait and see how things went because I'd, I yeah. say this a bunch, but I'd rather have him and drop him than the alternative of not being able to ever get him again. Cause if he looks good in that start, he's going to cost you like 10 X what he would have in that thing. I would have loved this. If this was the first game of the series, if the angels were coming into Boston and had to go play at 8 AM on a Monday, but they're probably a little more acclimated and they do. It's going to be tough to get the win. Shohei Otani has just looked spectacular on the mound this year because, of course, he has. Uh, but I do like him long term, and I do think there's some short term value. But he would be somebody that I would add and then probably just kind of take the wait and see mode. I don't think you can take the wait and see mode with this guy right now, Drew. Franchi Cordero, especially after we, we we picked him on this before we knew the Giancarlo Stanley injury. I think he's a must add now, like an absolute must add. Yeah. Look. Do I think he's going to um, keep this up? And do I am I worried based on many years of wanting Franchi Cordero to be a thing and then finding out he is absolutely not a thing? You bet your sweet bippy. But the situation right now, I can't think of a better player that I'd want to add to my roster right now to be able to hit for a very good Yankees team. Uh, by the way, uh, Chad points out that Jesse Winker scratched with oblique soreness after missing a couple of games earlier that's an interesting one i would say this if sal frelick does get that call up all over it baby because a guy who can hit for average can steal bases that brewers outfield situation is about to become so it's kind of cool that the cardinals and the brewers both have this kind of interesting situation with their outfield setup um because like jordan walker versus jackson cheerio could be a fun fun rivalry for a very long time i demand that i see that ASAP. That's not going to happen this year, but it could happen in the coming years. But I think Frelick, if that does happen, and there's no guarantee that it will, it's interesting, by the way, that Winker was supposed to go play in Seattle. And I was very curious to see what the, uh, 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 how well he would be treated by the Seattle fans as somebody who did not exactly end his time there with a positive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so long story short, if Sal Frelick is called up, I would move him to the very top of this list because he can do an awful lot of things on the baseball field, especially if they give him a chance to hit behind Yelich or maybe even on top of it. Yeah, I like Franchi Cordero too. I've I've always liked him. Just like he has the the body type where you're like, this guy yes. is an athlete. If yeah, if he had grown up in in Mississippi instead of the Dominican Republic, he'd be like an outside linebacker in the nfl right yes. now. yes he's like six three two fifty um he just got the body type and and yeah. he is bad against lefties I, and they're yeah. probably not going to play him against lefties but he should be you know dh or right field against most righties and most pitchers are right-handed i, I think he's, he's in a really good situation to thrive there with those short porches in the al east uh like him a lot yep. did we cover everything we did we did. We did that wanna, all in 15 minutes. <laughs> so um, I worked yesterday, nine to five on Rotowire, and my friend called me like just as I was wrapping up. Uh, mm-hmm. He had tickets to the MLS soccer game, St. Louis City. Nice. Um, and this is, this is, this will just, this story will tell you how things have <laughs> changed in my life. So I cracked a beer, had a, had a few beers. He came over. 
Um, the game got delayed because there were like tornadoes in the area. I, I don't oh, think wow. it wound up starting till closer to 10. Yeah, it's, it's a thing that happens in the Midwest, Chris. We deal with yep. it. But it, yep. there was crazy weather. There were like sirens going off and the, our whole place was shaking. Um, but so the game got delayed till I think it, I don't think it kicked off till closer to like 10 p.m. Central time. And we were both planning on like getting an Uber whenever we heard when they were going to announce like a kickoff time. But we both fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> that is we did not. The... Man, you are getting old. It's, dude. It, it's sad, dude. It's I, really I, sad. I guess it, it works out because I feel great today because I didn't wind up going to a game and like drinking a bunch of beers. But well, well, there you go. So um have you enjoyed uh have you enjoyed those games so far like uh like the mls experience have you had it enjoyed it that was gonna be my first one that was gonna be my first oh, game oh wow I, and you slept I went, they did they, right. <laughs> they played an it's... exhibition against uh leverkusen oh that's uh, right that was in like no, november so i i did get to see the stadium for that it was really cool i've, I've enjoyed watching it um it's kind of sad like my two things outside of the cardinals right now are are like very minor league no offense to the MLS, but and then the Battle Hawks start at two o'clock today. Speaking, actually, wrap speaking of up. minor league, yeah. Speaking of absolute minor league teams, congrats to the if they, to the Battle Hawks. They're playing your Seattle Sea Dragons. You're not aware of this? No, I had absolutely no idea whatsoever. Um, but I will say this, Drew. Uh, before we go, um, my Seattle Kraken have made the postseason, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have to talk and see. Uh, if you are a true friend, whether or not you're going to cover my shift so I can go to go to at least one of those games, right? I would consider it. Yeah. Okay. Playoff hockey Thanks, is buddy. playoff hockey is scary. It it yeah. takes like it like takes years off your heart. I mean, I've done it from far away and been like, I can't do this anymore. The of course the John Boy tweet about why uh playoff hockey, if you can watch like the train wreck or whatever the heck it is, it's such a good tweet. But like snort a line of cocaine and drive a motorcycle <laughs> off a bridge yeah. or something. <laughs> I, I I mean, I am super excited for it, but I also know that it's uh you know, if it's the death of me, it's a pretty cool way to go, man. One thing I found during the blues cup run, um was that I didn't like watching it, the games at bars. Um, certainly either I'm, I'm going or I'm watching in front of my own TV with like the sound blasting because in hockey, it's not like football or baseball where, you know, where there's going to be downtime. You can talk to people, mm -hmm. you know, go to the bathroom, like hockey, you're glued to the television. Like when you really care about it and it's yeah. as intense as playoff hockey is. Um, all right. People are, are probably not interested in, Oh, thoughts on I I accidentally clicked that, but we covered that I, at the beginning I, of the show. I wanted I wanted to end with this one because yeah. it's a good question. How soon will the A's bring up May, Miller? So they're talking about Mason Miller. This is a very intriguing arm. I don't think we're going to see him this year, partially because I think the A's are so far out of contention that they would prefer not to start the clock on him. And there is some work to be done. But he throws 100 miles per hour with ease, and he also has some pretty good secondary offerings as well. Like in a dynasty league, this would be somebody that I'd be trying to acquire right now because, look, he wasn't included on a lot of top 100 lists. In fact, I don't think he was included on any top 100 list. But the stuff suggests that he has a chance to be mid-rotation starter or better. If they do call him up and he is facing off against like one of those, like not a Guardians lineup, like one of those lineups that has a ton of swing and miss to him. Absolutely, I'm somebody I'm considering because even if he only goes four or five innings, he has a chance to get nine to ten strikeouts. The swing and miss stuff is that good. And the the other question that I threw up there that I, for for listeners, it was about Brett Beatty. We covered it at the beginning of the show. I, I think he's he's an immediate call up. Um, might sit against some tougher left handers, but it looks like he's going to be the Mets everyday third baseman pretty much. All right, that'll be it for us. Thanks for tuning in to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Go to rivalfantasy.com or get the app. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve, just lead off the A. Chris is at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. And peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.